afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we broadcast from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is being brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. PJ Conrad joins us on what is another, PJ, quiet trading day. So we look at what's seen in the marketplace. Obviously, the trend has been there this entire week that there's just not a lot to talk about, which is good and bad. It has been a really quiet week. I think a lot of harvest progress obviously going on from a farmer standpoint not a bad thing to have a quiet week and kind of regroup yourself and as you get stuff delivered you're not seeing some massive swings in the market if you want to price something um we just lack direction right now you go i think what november 8th i believe is the next uh, usda report so we got a solid about two weeks before that happens and i think you know bull market needs fed every day and we don't really have enough bullish news to keep things running higher So that being said, things are going to trade sideways. So it's good to see this. At least we're defending some moving averages as opposed to watching this thing trickle lower. Uh, We'll find direction here in the next two weeks. But I guess the the question is, and I think you're probably wanting to talk about that too, is is what actually comes out of the China situation and how sick is the market hearing about China too? So how sick are they? Well, I can tell you I'm pretty sick about it. So. You know, at one point it's what forty, fifty billion a year. I think they said now twenty, which twenty would be back in line with more. I think you go back three or four years, you're kind of back in line with you know being where they were then. At the end of the day, are they still going to buy the cheapest beans and, and cheapest agricultural products in the world? I think so. I mean, I, I honestly, that's a lot of noise in the market, maybe in helping support things. But is the yield hiccup potential of a yield hiccup bigger now? And what's holding the markets propped up where it's at, where if that November 8th report were to come out and be uh, bearish, does it send us kind of lower for a while? But do we find more footy in demand at that point, too? I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Our demand's been so poor that it'd be nice to see something happen there. But with prices where they're at and no real weather threat in South America anymore, what's really going to drive this thing higher until we know more about yields? So at this point, I mean, $20 billion a year trade deal, if it's signed, I mean, it's still something compared to what we haven't had up to this point. I think it'd be a weight off the markets that would let things go higher, especially with bean carryout going from, what, 960 roughly uh, to start the spring, and now we're down to 430. There's going to be added stress on the market, um, especially you just get all this pressure from China deals of, are they going to buy it, are they not? And... Um, where that all sits at, you take a weight off the market, a weight off the traders that's going to focus more on demand and supply instead of what curveball is going to be thrown at us that we can't control. And that's been somewhat the, you go back to when Trump took presidency to start with, it's been somewhat the theme for the last now three years of uncertainty politically has drove priors, prices one way or another. And I think that continues until we have something signed as that happen next month. I hope so, uh, at least the phase one deal. Get that ball rolling, and less will, the rest of it will kind of come with it. Well, let's talk about that harvest and the delays that we've been seeing within the, the trade. We know that there's rains that have moved across the into the eastern Corn Belt. It's been windy. At least here in Nebraska today, we've got some sun, which will encourage guys to get in the field. But again, crops that hit that frost stopped growing, yeah, stopped drying I, down. I think especially... Uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, that's a huge issue. There's late planted stuff in Nebraska that no doubt that's an issue. Um, by and large, from what I've kind of heard too, is guys found the dry corn and we're back to some wetter type corn now. So 
you're seeing things maybe move away from some ethanol plants and obviously backed up in spots. Um, the biggest thing is at this point, and, and the forecast leans itself to cooler weather, especially outside this weekend, weekend we're going to get really, really cold. And that's good. I mean, a good hard freeze and keeping things hard bottom would be good. I mean, we need to get this crop out of the ground. And, and there were some devastating winds early in the week, but most of that was probably more western Nebraska than the eastern part of the state. So it's harvest, and as we know, every year there's something that's going to throw us off our uh, our game plans. But thank God we haven't got any more rain here in the last two weeks. And if we can stay open for another 10 days to two weeks, I think you'd see a lot of guys finish up too. So how much are you guys banking on these weekly reports coming from the USDA as they talk about mm-hmm. crop progress or lack thereof? all the way across both corn belts. You know, I think it's a bigger deal out east. I do think we're definitely late. I mean, as far as, like, are you going to market your grain off it, I don't think you can make that conclusion because all year it seems like the reports are, are maybe giving us one signal and the market does the other or vice versa. And sitting here today would be nice to say, yeah, we're going to be behind, especially as much rain as the east had, and it's going to continue to hamper their harvest progress. There's going to be spots that get more done. I mean, I think Nebraska is a shining star right now as far as, um, not our football team, but our harvest progress will be for sure. So we're going to get a lot done this week. I, Western Iowa, you know, I think there are spots there that, that miss the rains. You get in Eastern Iowa and East of there, they're talking more rain. That's just an area that's been pummeled with rains really all year. And so I guess uh, they know how to deal with it at this point, but hopefully get a chance to get out there and get that crop before it gets too much later in the year and all of a sudden you're picking on harvest or on uh, christmas day i was gonna say that that has been the talk this whole week is we're going to see thanksgiving into december type of harvest for some guys they're not used to that no and especially with the equipment as big as it is today you know you hope you knock stuff out faster and it's worth a heck of a lot more in the bin than it is sitting in the field so sooner rather than later but you can't control mother nature either and, and like i said there's been a lot of good spots, and I also do think, too, you, know, you talk about that cold weather coming in next week. That's a godsend, I think, for the Dakotas and Minnesota that you're going to have a lot of opportunities to go that they weren't going to before. As wet as it was, is going to finally get to a good hard footing and ground and be able to run some combines across it. So the question is, do they make snow tires for combines? No, but we should get in the business of it. There we go. <laughs> well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up again. P.J. Conrad is joining us this afternoon from Trade House. We'll take a look at uh a little bit more on that South American planting progress and what's happening in the livestock side. We saw some higher cash numbers, but is it really setting the tone for what we're going to see in the market the rest of this week? More is coming up. It is the Thursday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. PJ Conrad Trados joins us as we look at uh, South America's planting progress. I mean, it just seems like if it's going to happen to one country, I don't mean to say this in the disrespect, but it's glad to see that there is some planting progress issues in another country. Yeah, we, it should be nice to see them have a drought. No, uh, no offense to our brothers down south, but um, our prices could use a little hike here. But they had a, they had a good week. I mean, they obviously have been behind. But uh, the Brazilian soybean progress, planting progress, has pulled ahead of average. Um, still behind in spots. Obviously, corn planting is a little bit behind Argentina. Um, they're going to get caught up. The weather's lending itself to plant. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. Is And same thing that happened in America, too. We finally hit a window. Granted, uh, our window was maybe a month later, and there's probably is, too. So the, the growing season will be big for them as well. It always is kind of fun this time of year. You get us harvesting and them having a, a planting and growing season upon them. 
and that's the world environment we're in. So I think you kind of look at prices too, and and to see beans hang in there like they have this week, I'd say is somewhat encouraging. I do think you know, when you're approaching summer highs, close to nine forty. So if you're you know most guys have wrapped up with a bean harvest by now, and if not, you're going to the bin with them most likely. So say you're wrapped up with bean harvesting, you got these beans sitting in the bin, and the next seven days, five days, you're gonna have to do something with them, <clears throat> either roll them or price them or something. I think you really got to think long and hard about pricing them and saying, you know, what's that worth to me if it goes 60 cents higher? That puts our 40 cents higher. That puts us near contract highs. And what's that do? Our, our bulk of our time we spent trading these beans were closer to that 880 type range. And so is 50 cents lower hurt more than a 50 cent rally? I think as a, as a farmer, you're looking and saying that 50 cent rally would be fantastic, but realistically, a 50 cent loss hurts a lot more. And so I've been trying to push guys into saying, let's price them. I don't know what's going to happen with China. We don't know what's going to happen in South America. And we also don't know what's going to happen with our bean yields domestically. But what we do know is we are within five cents of what the summer highs were. And so take advantage of it while it's there. If you want a portion of re-ownership, I think that's fine. But it's from my seat, it's hard to say you want to buy beans today when we're sitting at some of the highs we've had in the last four or five months. Um, now, things could take off and give us higher highs. Sure, that'd be great, but we could see uh, lower lows, too. Is this choppiness within the bean market, like what we saw for a Thursday trade, going to continue into Friday, into early next week, or are we going to start to see kind of a leveling off? I think the way the bean market's acted in the last two, three weeks, it seems like we want to stay somewhat choppy until we get a better idea on yield. And I think corn feels the same way. We went up to 401 uh, what, two Sundays ago, a Sunday ago, and we tried testing that and couldn't get there, and we've sold off since then, 10 cents or so. Same with beans. It's like that 940 level. We just don't want to break through that, and we'll spend some time above it, but not enough to really sustain any kind of forward rally. The market's lacking direction, so it's going to chop sideways. And so these overnights of us being higher and then lower by morning and then back up by midday, it's just like somebody's making some money somewhere. It's sure not me, but... It is, uh, it is, I honestly, I kind of like the slower markets at harvest because you do have a lot of other stuff going on, especially as a farmer too. You're trying to haul stuff in, trying to set basis or, or whatever you're going to do. And at least it's not moving so much that you're like, well, I got to price this right now or I'm going to lose 20 cents on it. Now that could happen in two weeks, but sitting here today, it's like, it gives you a chance to breathe while you're doing something else in the field. So even though it might be frustrating as a farmer to think, I would like to see prices go 20 cents higher and I'd price all of it, at least you have an opportunity to look at prices that are very advantageous from where they have been at harvest the last three or four years. Jumping gears, let's look at the livestock side. Some higher cash cattle, something we're not used to on a midweek. It seems like we've been having that late Friday, Saturday trade action. There must be some demand out there somewhere. You know, there is. I don't know where, but there's there's good demand out there. And also, I think you're chewing through some contract cattle, too, from what I've heard from other people is... They were pulling a lot of stuff ahead, trying to keep everything rolling, and finally we're starting to see that. Dees put a heck of a run on this week, going like 115. If we can stay up there, I mean, we're down 30 cents today. Ox at 110, but we're getting back above some moving averages on, especially the Dees cattle too, where I think you got to look at pretty hard if you're a hedger about doing something there. Your upside is, is obviously still there, especially if our pork demand steps in. Do we see beef kind of follow that? I think you definitely could. The question is how much risk do you want to leave out there? But sitting here today, it's sure a uh, breath of fresh air from where we were two, three weeks ago when we had uh, 
you know, a nine ninety cent handle on it, not a dollar fourteen. It seems to be a lot in storage, though, both beef and pork. <clears throat> there is, um, you know, how that correlates or how things are going to play out with the markets from there is going to be a demand type of deal. China's, we're all hitting a holiday season here, and China's used to eating pork. So one kind of wonders if they're pushing this trade deal through, so to speak, now trying to get a bunch of that stuff through so they can actually buy our pork going into their holiday season. So they're, they're, people are happy and not riding in Hong Kong. All right, sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, PJ? Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7501 or find us on any social media at Trados LLC. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. You can find this as a podcast through our website at ruralradio.com. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.